You are tuning in to For Better Self and Net Worth Podcast. This is a podcast where I encourage you to live the life of your dreams by adopting the right mindset, navigating through tough challenges, and respecting your bank account. I interview entrepreneurs and empire builders from across the globe as they share how they have come to live the lives of their dreams and the challenges they had to break through. I also have a few solo episodes where I talk about the lessons learned and navigating in a world full of naysayers, negative mindsets, and money grabbers. I personally believe that attitude is everything, and with the right attitude, you can get the life that you dream of. I'm so glad you're on this journey with me. If you're listening, make sure you have hit the subscribe button, and on Apple, give me some love by leaving a review. Most of all, I hope every episode you hear on here leaves you inspired and on fire to live your best life without breaking the bank. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to For Better Self and Net Worth, a community of lifelong learners who have ditched being normal or average to go for a life we really want. We believe that self-worth should always come before your net worth and increasing both will take a lifetime of learning and evolving. I really hope you guys are continuing to enjoy the amazing interviews and the content that I have been able to put out. I'm not going to lie. It is weighed really heavy on my heart that the current state is making each episode basically every other week instead of every week, having only two episodes a month. I, I'm glad to still be putting out content. I wish I could be putting out more, but it, it's taking me an honest analysis of the time that I do have and being able to take a break and being able to give you guys the best of the podcast and not just putting out stuff to be putting out stuff. But yeah, thank you guys so much for your patience, for continuing to listen. I promise we're going to be back on a regular weekly rotation with some breaks thrown in there in 2023. But yeah, we're hanging in bi-weekly from now, and it's not too long till we celebrate episode 100. That's going to be Budget Babe and For Better Self and Net Worth Combined. Yes, over almost 100 episodes, over 90 episodes right now. We're probably going to bring be bringing that in this coming year in 2023, but I'm really excited about that. But as always, thank you for being part of the For Better Self and Net Worth community. If you're an entrepreneur, author, artist, or would like to be on the show, please reach out to me because I'm currently taking in interviews and lining up some guests. You can also reach out to me on Instagram, Evolve with Ella, one word, E-L-L-A, or email me at ellaconomic at gmail.com. I'm always excited to hear from you guys and let you guys share your story. So this episode is being recorded a couple days after Halloween. And if you spend any time with me, if you know me personally, or if you follow me on Instagram, it's not hard to guess that my favorite holiday is Halloween. I love dressing up. I love the costumes. I love the creativity. Halloween, fun fact, is one of the few holidays that has stayed true to its traditions throughout the years. There are a lot of podcasts that talk about the history of Halloween, but you can look it up as well. It's just, it's a cool holiday. It's all about having fun. It doesn't have the heaviness that other holidays have. I'm, I'm excited for Thanksgiving and Christmas too, but there can be a lot of heaviness around Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, you know, it's not, it's not always the 
the, the happiest holidays. There's just a lot of expectations. Halloween is all about just having fun. And the this past Halloween, a costume I had actually inspired the content on this episode that I'm excited to share. So I went to I went to a lot of things this weekend. I started off with doing the walk to ends Alzheimer's. I do that every year. Had some brunch. Then I went to Honeysuckle Hill Farm with a few close friends and I. We got to enjoy all the fall things, all the fall foliage, fireworks, pumpkin patches, just everything that I love about fall. Well, later that night, I concluded it with a Halloween party with people that live in my neighborhood. They, the couple that hosted, they're some of my favorite people in the whole world. It's a college professor and a director of technology for a corporation. They're just super fun people, super interesting, and just probably one of my favorite couples of all time. Now they are, you know, a couple generations ahead of me. So I went to this party knowing that I might be the only millennial. And yeah, there were maybe two or three of us at the party. There was also maybe a Gen Zer at the party as well. And my costume that I dressed up as had me thinking about some of generational differences. So my costume this year, I was Ace Ventura. And something else about Halloween, my favorite thing in the whole world to do is to go to Goodwill and just let my creativity run wild and find costumes. I found a red dress one year. I was Jessica Rabbit. I found a khaki colored outfit once and I was dressed up as Phyllis Neffler for Halloween. This year, I found some red high-waisted pants, a Hawaiian shirt, and just a white undershirt. And I was Ace Ventura. Well, I saw the cover of my, I saw my costume and then the cover of the movie, the original cover, and I thought it matched pretty well. So I show up at the party and, you know, making conversation. No one really asked me what I was supposed to be, but I kept making jokes. I kept going around saying, oh, righty then. And I got some strange looks. Not going to lie. The, the theme was like weird science. So everybody dressed up as, you know, you know Dracula, Frankenstein, the, the Halloween themes. But they kind of looked at me like, you know, I don't really know what she's supposed to be. And finally, two hours into the party, somebody goes, you're Ace Ventura, aren't you? said, yes, the parrot on the shoulder, the red high-waisted pants, the Hawaiian shirt, I'm Ace Ventura Pet Detective. We bonded over that. And somebody said, oh, I thought you were just dressing tacky. I, I didn't know what you were supposed to be. As I remember the movie Ace Ventura Pet Detective, and the person's like, no, again, this person's probably a few generations ahead of us. The the movie was very popular when I think I was, I was just a a kid, a small child. It was actually not age appropriate for me, but I had two older brothers. It was hard to censor things at that point. But Jim Carrey played pet detective Ace Ventura. It was a hit back then. There was a sequel, also a hit. And the only other person that got in my costume was, at no surprise, another millennial. And so we got to bonding and I was like, you know, we're, we're the youngest people at the party. And then throughout the night, I got to know other people there. And you know, they started talking about what they thought about millennials. And they said, you know, millennials are always on their phone. You know, millennials miss out on life. They don't know what it is. They don't know what they're missing. And it, the conversation, long story short, inspired the content of this podcast because I have, as a millennial, and most of my listeners, according to anchor.com statistics, are millennials. We're we're probably the most disliked generation, even more so than Gen Z. Society kind of put a negative connotation around millennials, and we're pretty much picked on by by everybody. And 
it kind of got me thinking. It's like, okay, this is what people are saying about millennials. Are they actually true? Are we being judged fairly? And all in all, it's going to depend on the individual, each millennial individually. But what I'm going to do on this episode, thought I'd have a little fun, is I'm going to read five of the most common stereotypes around my generation, the millennials, and tell you whether I think they're true or false. And also all of my conclusions, true or false, or what I think of it, it's all going to be backed by research. So tune in after a short little break and we'll get right into it. Just a heads up, before I start reading into the five most common stereotypes around millennials, I'm actually thinking as I read through the five that I might do a part two of this episode because I know there are more stereotypes around us. So let me know online in the comments through a voice message if you want to hear a part two. But without further ado, I'll go ahead and get into the five that I found and tell you my thoughts on it. So the first one, you're most likely familiar with this stereotype, and that is that millennials are lazy. We're just lazy. We just want to sit around and watch TV all day. We want everything handed down to us. We don't want to work for anything. I'm going to go ahead and say it. This stereotype is false. While we may be brought up in the era of streaming, watching hours of TV, not having to pre-record it. We, we do have a lot of privileges at our fingertips. We are not the first generation to indulge in being lazy. I mean, people growing up, I grew up in East Tennessee, did nothing but watch hours of football every Saturday and Sunday. That was a thing. Sit, watch football, eat junk food, drink beer. That's a lifestyle in the South. And there's something wrong with that. I mean, everybody should do something that makes themselves happy. And if having a lazy Saturday or Sunday makes you happy, you should totally do it. But I don't think laziness is exclusive to millennials, nor do I think most millennials are lazy. In fact, when you look at my friends and I, the company I keep, most of my friends are entrepreneurs automatically means they're working more than 40 hours a week. They're probably working 60, 70 hours a week. They, Their workload does not stop. But statistically speaking, 30% of millennials have to have more than one job just to make ends meet. Now, I have a couple jobs. I have my podcast. I have my full-time job. And you know, I'll do house sitting every now and then. But I choose to do that. I choose to have a little extra cushion or, you know, just be able to have other things to keep myself entertained because I actually am that weird kid that doesn't like to watch a lot of television. I like to be outdoors instead. I like to actually be out and doing stuff. So yeah, I've got more than one job, but 30% of millennials actually have to have one just to pay their bills when generations before us were able to pay their bills and other people's bills with just one income. Think about it. Growing up in, if you grew up in the 90s or even 80s, 70s, you know, just whatever age group you're in, there was a time where you may have had one parent that was working and that one parent's salary could provide for your whole family, your mom and your siblings. That was very common in the town I grew up in. I grew up in East Tennessee. It was very, my mom, you know, had a career and 
that was exceptional. That was considered exceptional that she had a great career. A lot of the women that lived in the same community were stay-at-home moms, but they were able to make it work with their husband's salary. I'm going to go ahead and challenge that and say that that is not super common now. Most of my friends who are moms have to work. They're in a two-income household. They don't have the luxury to take the time off work to spend it all with their children. Now, some may be choosing to work, but they just, I wouldn't say most millennials just don't have the luxury to quit their jobs and put more time into their family or whatever they want to put their time into. So I'm going to go ahead, ask that stereotype. Millennials are actually not really lazy. We have certain odds against us that generations before us did not have. Now, there are a lot of TikTok accounts like the Corporate Millennial Humorous Resources, where they talk about things that go on in their job. And it's basically just for entertainment purposes. It doesn't actually affect how they really feel about their job. But when you watch those videos, you can kind of come to the conclusion that millennials just want to be valued where they work. They just want to make enough money to provide themselves a comfortable living and be valued where they work. And sadly, that has been dwindling in a lot of corporate settings. I'm not saying what corporate settings it's happening, but a lot of corporate settings where it's all about, you know, you're spending 40 to 50 hours working towards someone else's dreams. It's easy to not feel valued and honored by your employer. So that's what we're seeing a lot with millennials. That's the trend. And a lot of millennials would prefer to work remotely because, and I think that's over 50% of us, we prefer to work remotely because you know what? We're actually more productive in our home office. We get more done in our home office than we do in an office office. Not to mention you're taking off the time it gets to commute and get settled in, get your coffee, you know, office talk, cooler talk, small chat. You're actually more productive when you work from home. Statistics in Business News Daily have shown that. Going back into the work, I'm going to talk about the second stereotype that millennials are also hated for being quote unquote compulsive job hoppers. Now, going along with the work theme, let's kind of look at this objectively. So again, generations before us, they could support a family on one salary. They also stayed with their company for most of their career. They would graduate from college, they'd get a job, and they'd work that job throughout their career. It was very common. That was my dad. He he got a job right after grad school, and he had the same employer through most of his life. He loved what he did. Now, we're not seeing that in this generation. And, you know, it could be, you know, the choice of college majors. I was a public relations major, also studied, also, you know, minored in psychology and double majored in business. It's, you know, it's something that I love studying, but studying for that field and actually doing the job are two different things. In fact, the mass communications that I studied was still focused on traditional media. Traditional media being television, newspapers. Yeah, newspapers. I feel so old saying that. Billboards, more traditional forms of media. Digital was just becoming a thing. There was not social media marketing. Social media was just a time sucker that started when I 
signed up for Facebook, again, I felt so old saying this. When I signed up for Facebook, you had to be a college student to sign up for Facebook. So social media advertising was not a thing back then. And the point I'm making by telling you this is that career paths change. So of course, millennials will change their career paths. It's only natural. Also, I want to say that I have a lot of friends who have stayed with the same company for a majority of their post-college life. They've stayed with the same company. They've moved up in that company, but not everybody has had that opportunity. A lot of people have to change jobs for the advancement that they want or to get the pay increase that they want. That's the most common way. Or I know a lot of people, myself included, I changed, went from the corporate setting and now work for a nonprofit because I wanted to work for something. It's I'm more motivated to work for a cause that I find more worthy, That not necessarily more worthy. I mean, all causes are worthy, but I like that I'm helping other people in my work. I like that my work is making society a better place. So there's just multiple reasons to change jobs. I also know teachers, nurses, some of the most common trained professions, they get burned out so easily. You hear a lot of social media personalities, bloggers. A lot of them are corporate dropouts or former attorneys, people that had these high, I guess, high level and highly sought out careers. They come back and they decide they want to do something more meaningful to them. You see it all over my show. Hold on, let me, my cat's on the, okay. Yeah, my cat's like trying to step on the keyboard. So let me get her down. But you have a lot of people like the Laura Bankies, the Don Manskies. You have my latest guest, Tommy Breedlove, Casey Lane. They have all left, basically ditched that societal norms and left that behind to pursue jobs that were more rewarding for them. So yeah, teachers and nurses, they have jobs that are very rewarding. They get burned out and they leave. So many teachers are leaving teaching. So many nurses are leaving nursing and they're doing it as a form of self-care that, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily exclusive to millennials or not, but I'm just saying there's many different reasons to change career paths. I know too, millennials have graduated and have seen two recessions so far. They've seen the recession of like 20, 2009, 2010, probably started in 2008. They saw that recession a lot. I graduated right around that time. So they also, coming back in, my cat stepped on the keyboard. It's just totally a millennial thing to love working with my pets. But yeah, so millennials also, not only have we graduated in the midst of like the 2008 through 2010 recession, we saw another recession after COVID. And now we're seeing the economy change once again, just very recently seeing the inflation, seeing, and I don't really want to get too political or too into it, but we're seeing a lot of changes in the economy and a lot of people are getting laid off. Some of the biggest corporations are doing layoff and restructures right now. I can say personally, and this is the first time I've talked about it on the air, I have been through three layoffs since I graduated, three times where I lost a job at no fault of my own. It was a layoff. I left the company on good terms. They could just no longer keep my position. Now, again, doing marketing and sales, I had two jobs that were contract-based. Now, one of them lasted me for almost five years. But once the company that I was representing lost the contract, 
there went my job. And then I had one corporation that I worked for, a major corporation that most of you've heard of. I worked for them as an area sales trainer, and they decided to only have that job for a year, that my position was just no longer needed. So after a year, I was found going to another job, another sales job. Sales job, good company, good experience. Love the people I worked with. After four and a half years, I had to get on a call and I walked down the stairs shaking because I knew exactly what the Zoom call was because I had friends that got that same call as well. And it's just so strange because yeah, we, you know, I've been through three different layoffs, three different jobs, graduated without any intention of being a job hopper, didn't want to be a job hopper, thinking I was going to stay with the same company for most of my life, but did not. However, that's just not the norm anymore. It's not the norm to stay with the same company over and over again. A lot of my friends who work in tech, who are product managers, who are web developers, they're encouraged to change jobs frequently. Now, I'm not saying you should change your job every two years or every whatever. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm just saying it is very common and it should no longer be shamed because that's how people move up in the world. And millennials actually find a way to you know, invest their money through IRAs, be able to save money for a rainy day. Millennials have had to find ways around that so they're prepared and realize that they can't fully rely on the fact that they may keep the same job forever and ever. Amen. So Yes, it is true that millennials are probably job hoppers, but I don't necessarily think it's the problem is within the millennials, the individuals themselves. It could be. I think the issue is with the with the culture and the companies that they work for. I think it is, you know, just not maybe not an issue. It's just the trends are different. I had a friend in human resources the other day tell me that most millennial career paths, whereas our parents' career paths looked linear. A millennial's career path looks more like a jungle gym. You're just trying different places and spaces and different views all over the jungle gym. And that's perfectly okay. People should be happy. They should feel challenged and they should feel valued by the employer that they work for. They have all of that. They're going to be more likely to give more back to the company that they work for. They're more likely to stay with it. So loyalty is a two-way path. So yeah, it's true that millennials are job hoppers, but again, if you want a millennial to be loyal to you, be loyal to the millennial that is working for you. There we go. Now we'll go to number three. We're going to take another turn here. And number three was the conversation that I had on Saturday at the Halloween party that I attended. And the conversation went like this. Well, it's really impressive that you're a millennial. You seem very present. You seem to go out and enjoy it. You know, most millennials are just on their phones all the time. They don't know life. He's like, you can't, they can't, you can't do anything with a millennial on their phone. If you take a phone away from a millennial, they're not going to know what to do with it. So, okay. There's a stereotype. Millennials are constantly on their phones. What I will say is that yes, millennials, we have had the privilege of technology being able to order our food, medicine, groceries, have it delivered to our door. We can pretty much watch what we want, whatever we want, when we want. We are able to, you know, have cameras, calculators, all the tools that we need just with one device, even our wallets. We're able to pay with our phones. We're able to do so many things with our phones that 
we could not do 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I got my first cell phone, it was a flip phone, did not even have a camera on it, not even a five megapixel, you know, whatever photos those phones took. I, you know, got that very first phone and just think about how the life stage of a cell phone, but yeah, millennials are always on their phones, but I don't think that's exclusive to millennials. I don't think we're the only ones that are always on our phones. Another reason that we're always on our phones is because we feel pressure to stay accessible 24 seven, five, six years ago, seven years ago, I was that person that was always checking my phone. The reason I was always checking my phone is because I would get work emails after hours. I would get phone calls from somebody that was needing assistance. I felt like I always had to be on my phone. I'll never forget. I was at a concert, concert I've wanted to see years ago. It was Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. And one of my clients from work, it was after hours, eight o'clock, they were calling me off the hook nonstop. And I just sent him a text message because I didn't even, I wasn't even using my phone at that point in time. I was living in the moment at that concert only to be greeted by two voice messages and a text message telling them that they're in a situation and that they needed my help. Well, realistically, there was a number that they could have called and gotten that help. And I called back and I said, hey, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there. I was at a concert, but let me get back to you. Let me call this person and then they'll probably get back with me Monday and I'll get back to you then. Oh, I'm sorry if I bothered you, but this was a paying customer that really could have used your help. That was the response I got. And looking back, I didn't need to feel guilty about that at all. Like I had to set boundaries and I was not clocked in at the time, but that just kind of illustrates the point that a lot of people feel pressure to stay accessible 24 seven. People say they feel naked without their phone. Well, their phone may be their lifeline. Their phone may be the only way that they're communicating with their families or the only way that they're seeing their families or their phone may be, you know, what they run their business off of. So before you judge, even though I find the stereotype to be true, before you judge someone for constantly being on their phone, you might want to ask yourself why they're constantly on their phone. What situation is it that is tying them to their phone? I have been able to break free of that just with my new job and everything. I still, you know, we'll answer emails. I think the latest I'll answer emails is like 5, 5.30 sometimes. Sometimes I'll start as early as 7 o'clock sending them. But I feel better about unplugging because I know the situation will be there when I get back. And I challenge, if you're a millennial and you're listening to this, I challenge you to do the same. Don't feel like you're always tied to your phone. I know... I could be better about promoting the show on social media, that I could be more engaged on it. I would have deleted Facebook like five years ago if, you know, a lot of events that I go to were not planned on Facebook or if it wasn't so tied to the community. But then again, you don't, I don't always have to be on my phone and it took some practice to unplug myself from it. And if you're that person, I just challenge you, just do something, watch a movie, go on a hike out, go, go on a walk outside or just eat dinner, put your phone in a different room in your house and just be away from it. I actually even don't even look at my phone because I've got my computer in front of me at work. I don't even look at my phone from most days, from the hours of eight to four o'clock. I don't answer my phone. People know I'm at work. 
or even after 10 o'clock. I don't answer calls after 10 o'clock either because that's my time to get ready for bed and sleep. So some boundaries around that don't feel like you have to be tied to your phone 24-7. So that's what I really want to do that message. Yeah, it's true. A lot of people, a lot of millennials and other generations are always on their phone. But my thing is, challenge to you is don't feel like you always have to be on it. Take a charge away. Put it on Do Not Disturb. Do what you got to do. But take some time for yourself. And this may lead into the fourth point of millennials being the quote unquote, me, me, me generation. That millennials are self-absorbed. In 2016, Time Magazine wrote a very popular article and on the cover of magazine, you see a 20-something taking a selfie and saying, introducing the me, me, me generation, stating that millennials are more likely to be quote unquote narcissistic. But if they really are narcissistic, I'm going to go ahead and address that. Someone's narcissistic. It is actually coming from a place of loneliness narcissism can come from a dark place. So if that's the case, then yeah, it's coming from a place of loneliness. Like what can you do about it? But a lot of times people who, again, if you feel narcissistic, it's because you feel like you're the only person in the battle. But if they're saying that we're the me, me, me generation, because we're super indulgent, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a very indulgent person. I went from being a podcast about saving money and budgeting to, realizing that I'm a very indulgent person. Now I don't spend in a very, you know, ludicrous way, but I do like to, you know, eat nice dinners, go on great vacations. I, I like to wear nice clothes. So I'm a very indulgent person. And the reason is, is when you treat yourself, when you take care of yourself, you take better care of other people around you. So if you're judging millennials for being self-absorbed because they like to, you know, put off starting families so they can go out and see the world, or if they are, you know, spending money on a nice brunch and not saving up for houses. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that the money that I've spent on Starbucks and avocado toast, you know, I can add it all up. It's not going to buy a house. So let's throw that out the door as well. But with millennials is we're learning that we need to do the work on ourselves, that we can go to therapy without shame, that we can heal, that we can break through toxic patterns that we may have seen growing up, toxic patterns of bullying and making fun of people or having to fit in certain mold. Millennials, yeah, I see where people are coming from thinking that we're quote unquote self-absorbed. But sometimes you have to be a little selfish to be selfless, being somebody that is a benefit to others. You can't pour from an empty cup. So for that, I say, you think we're self-absorbed? Well, be more specific. Tell us where we're coming from. Being someone who loves themselves, who has a lot of self-love, is not narcissistic. In fact, more people need to love themselves, and they're going to be better at loving other people as well. So millennials, we're going to take the charge in that one. Number five, number five is not necessarily a general stereotype about us, but it's a TikTok video. And I've just been really wanting to get this out of my system, but there's a TikTok video at surface and it was some Gen Z kid. And she's like, you know, talks about why she hates millennials. And she said that we shouldn't have our hair in a side part. Well, side parts 
as we all know, are more flattering because a middle part focuses right on your nose and the center of your face. A sad part actually focuses on more facial features, but saying that sad part makes us look old, skinny jeans make us look old. Well, I'm wearing skinny jeans right now and they're more flattering to a figure than the ripped jinkos that they're spending hundreds of dollars on or that we're obsessed with Harry Potter. Well, Okay, I plead the fifth on being obsessed with Harry Potter. And if you haven't seen this TikTok video, I'm sure you can find it. It was a viral TikTok and it's like, millennials look gold because of our side part skinny jeans. And why are millennials obsessed with Harry Potter? Well, I plead the fifth on that one. The reason I loved Harry Potter is because I love reading books more than I do watching TV. I like reading books because I can create that picture in my head. So I want to ask the millennial that hated on us for like in Harry Potter what books is she even reading? If she's reading any books at all. And I want to say that most of my friends who, you know, they're not obsessed with Harry Potter. They're obsessed with Disney. And what is wrong with that? What is wrong with, you know, embracing your inner child and embracing the things that make you happy? If you saw, follow me on Instagram, you saw my last post. It's me at pumpkin patches in my, you know, three different Halloween costumes I've had this year. You see me and I say, look, let this post be a reminder of you to enjoy the things you love without the fear of shame. You have a right to love what you love. As long as it's harmless and not not hurting others, love what you love. If that's Disney, Harry Potter, skinny jeans, and a more voluminous hairstyle, love it all and just embrace the magic of it. You have every right to embrace your inner child. But yeah, that person who made that video probably snacks on Tide Pods. And yeah, she just, she just needs to do her research because she can learn a lot from us, you know, older and wiser millennials. So hope you guys overall, there's, there are my five stereotypes. So the five stereotypes I tackled are that millennials are lazy, that we're job hoppers, that we're self-absorbed and you know, addressing the TikTok video. Did I miss one? Oh, and that we're always on our phones. So I hope you guys enjoyed me dissecting all of those stereotypes. Uh, If you agree with me, feel free to let me know on Instagram or through a voicemail. If you don't agree with me, let me know that way as well. So my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle are Evolve with Ella. And I probably won't get back with you on Twitter because I just, you know, I have it, but I'm not checking it very often. But I will get back with you on Instagram or email me at ellaconomic at gmail.com. You can even, if you're listening to this through Spotify, you'll even be able to leave a voicemail on this podcast and I can feature it on the next show. So let me know if you enjoyed this. Also, let me know if you want me to do a part two. As I'm reading this out, as I'm going through these stereotypes, I know there are other stereotypes about millennials that I might address. So let me know if you want me to do a part two. And again, I really hope you enjoyed listening. And as always, Thank you for your support. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual 
and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. 